Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. How good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Uh, forgiveness is scandalous. Forgiveness, true unity, runs against everything that we know about how the world works, yet forgiveness is the only way that the world can work. The Lord designed things to run by way of forgiveness. Remember in Leviticus 25, uh, he institutes this wonderful thing called the Jubilee Year. Every 50 years, every debt would be forgiven. Every slave freed in that Jubilee Year. Land was returned. Everything just kind of reset. Forgiveness. In fact, when you're buying the land in the first place, you did it with the full knowledge that it would have to be returned during the Jubilee year. Everything, everything in their world was just kind of seen as being on loan. You never really own anything. It's all the Lord's, and we just use it. Forgiveness. That was the only way that God's people were going to be able to live with one another. And there's no such thing as generational wealth then, as the Lord institutes the world. Everyone is literally on a level playing field there. And everyone has the same opportunity. And then if you mess it all up, every 50 years, it gets reset. But they'd come from nothing and had been given everything. And all this sounds kind of harsh, I guess until you remember that they had come out of hundreds of years as slaves, had nothing, and now were being given their own land. Forgiveness, that's, that's what they were to be about. Somehow, though, we've developed this idea that people are only worth what we can get from them. And that is not the way that the Lord has designed things to run, and it won't work. But it's how things tend to go. We tend to run things the way of exploitation. Forgiveness. Well, no way. That doesn't exist in the world. If someone owes you something, it's up to you to get it back from them. Or else. And maybe I like this idea of forgiveness because I tend to owe people more than they owe me. Um, thank you. In general... Um, I mean, I've loaned out a couple books that have never come back, but other than that, you know, uh, it's not stacking up all that well. I don't have much coming my way from other people. Sounds great. But Jesus seems to be absolutely insistent that forgiveness is the only way. Matthew 18, this is a whole chapter, and Jesus is talking about this, and he just kind of goes on and on and on and ends up with this, this story, this parable, 
uh, of, of a forgiven debtor who goes out and then chokes another guy because that guy owes him a fairly minuscule amount of money. The man who was initially freed from prison in the, the first, uh, in, in our parable today, he owes something like $25 million. And he says, well, just be patient and I'll pay it off, which is, I mean, not going to happen. Um, but then he goes out and he finds this other guy who owes roughly $10,000 or something. And, and uh, you know, it's feasible that that could be paid off. But, but there it is. This whole entire chapter is exactly about this. And there's no loopholes with this forgiveness stuff either. So Peter, Peter asks, he's like, uh, how many times, how many times should we forgive people? Seven? Well, that sounds pretty generous. I mean, honestly, it does, doesn't it? We live in a world where we like to talk about three strikes and you're out. Uh, seven. That seems, it seems pretty gracious. Seven. Yeah, plenty. Seven times for the same thing. So we think that's like a ton, and we'll say, well, but then that's it. No more. I'm going to cut you off. And Jesus says, actually, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, 70 times 7. Oh. Huh. And so you start doing the math, of course, and you're like, well, that, that's a lot more. And if you're keeping a tally, waiting until you get it, it up into the 400s and uh, waiting for the day that you don't have to forgive the person who is sending against you hundreds and hundreds of times, then you're, you're doing it wrong, okay? Uh, it's actually just like there's, there's no limit to forgiveness at all. And in fact, this is so important, forgiveness, that if someone sins against you, do you know what you're supposed to do? You go and you talk to them about it. Like, you just tell them about it. It's a crazy thing that, that, that Jesus suggests. He says, well, if your brother sins against you, you just, like, go and you tell them, and then you'll get your brother back. Yeah, you just go talk to them. Because if you don't, you might lose them. But you do want them back. But then if they don't listen to you after you've confronted them about their sin, then you bring two others along with you. Because again, it is so important that they be forgiven. Then, if they're still insistent that their behavior or actions towards you weren't sinful, then, well, then you tell it to the church. But then and only then. What do we do instead? Well, we like to skip the first steps and just kind of move on to... Um, uh, telling other people before the, the first person even knows that they have sinned against us. And then you have like all sorts of other sins to, to, to be forgiven of. It's crazy. But Jesus really insists that you pursue forgiveness. Why? Well, because you've been forgiven. It's true. You are indeed forgiven of everything. Uh, he's not looking to, to get a bunch of burnt offerings from you. It's not what he delights in. No. So what does it mean when you take that gift for yourself but deny it to others? It's terrible. 
You're out for your pound of flesh and you're out for retribution and revenge. So are you, you who have been liberated, who have been freed from sin and from death, are you really going to go out and shake people down who owe you so much less? Is that really the way to go here? It's not going to work. Or are you going to pursue forgiveness? Are you going to confess your sins when confronted with them and then seek to be forgiven? Well, that's the way of life. That's the way that Jesus Christ brought about. You can try to go out and get everything back from everyone who owes you, whatever it is that they owe you. But that's the way of death. You'll never get it all. You'll never be able to gather up all the things that, that people have owed you. And instead, you'll gain a whole new set of enemies. Although, the forgiveness route is not always that popular either, is it? Because the, the, the thing is, is that other people have sinned in ways that I just don't think should be forgiven. But there it is. Well, you have been forgiven such a great debt. Jesus Christ has actually gone and died for all of your sins. And you have been baptized into his death and his resurrection. And you really have been forgiven of all your sins. You. This is not a theoretical thing. It's given to you. So then if you seek to get everything back from people... You're just rejecting what has been given to you already. Or maybe you just don't understand it, but that's how it works. So, we do pray about this all the time, don't we? Lord, teach us to pray. Hmm. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And how often do you pray this? Daily. Multiple times a day. There's a reason for this. Because it's difficult. It's challenging. And it goes against every fiber of our being. I would love to just like hold on to people's sins and hold them against them. Our impulse is often to be the man released from prison and have his debt forgiven, only to go out and shake people down and choke them and throw them right back into there. Part of the Christian life is about forming habits, things that make it easier for us. So we try and form habits of mercy and forgiveness. We practice these things together. And then we go out and try to live that way. So everyone, everyone like out there wants you to think that Christianity is just all about doing a bunch of good stuff. But at the core and, and at the very beginning and the end of it, it's really about learning to be forgiven and to forgive. Because I am not going to be able to stop the sinning nonsense, and neither are you. 
We can only deal with it through forgiveness. So let every single building with a cross on the front of it be a place where this is the word. Forgiveness for all. You are forgiven for the blood of Jesus. And you see how this happened. He didn't even ask you if you deserved it or if you wanted it or if you thought it would be a nice thing for you to be forgiven. He just goes and does it. He doesn't even ask if you deserve it. Well, because you don't. That's the thing about forgiveness. You don't deserve it. Neither do they, whoever you're worried about. You have owed so much. And it has all been canceled and nailed to the cross. So what are you going to do? So this is scandalous. Yes. But so is Jesus. That's why the politicians don't talk about Jesus very much. God is good for everyone, but Jesus in particular, well, he will cause you to stumble. That's what we're doing, but it's okay. We will stumble along all the way. Messy as this may be through this life and into the one that is coming. There's never perfection. But there is forgiveness and there's plenty of it for you and for all. So, yeah, forgiveness is scandalous for sure. But it's the only way we're going to be able to live with one another. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.